0: This is the Midwest Farm Report.
1: For a lot of folks, the cleanup continues across the state of Wisconsin. Good morning, everybody. I'm Farm Director Pam Yonke, Stumacher Ag Meteorologist. I'll have a little bit more on some of the snowfall totals that we picked up out of that storm that came through yesterday. For a lot of areas of Wisconsin, it was more like a a uh, snow sleet mix. Now temperature wise, we're not going to get much melting happening today. Our daytime highs under cloudy skies expected to be right around 28 degrees with a 50% chance of some afternoon snow showers. Tomorrow cloudy and 27, Sunday cloudy and 22. Monday, cloudy and 20 degrees. And then next week, we are into the teens as far as weather is concerned. You know, we're getting ready to head into a new calendar year and a lot more fresh faces both in Washington, D.C. and at the state capitol. How is that going to impact how we get agriculture policy adopted? We're talking about it on this Friday morning.
0: Fighting hunger isn't a seasonal issue, but this is the time of year that many people pay more attention to food insecurity in their communities. From the southern end of the Longest Barn in Madison, this is Carrie Mess. I caught up with Sherry Tesler, the executive director of Hunger Task Force in Milwaukee, to hear more about the urban farm they use to produce fresh foods, as well as an update on Badger Boxes, the partnership between Hunger Task Force and Wisconsin farmers that came about during the pandemic. Sherry, give me an update on what's going on at Hunger Task Force right now.
2: Well, it's the holiday season and Hunger Task Force is doing our best to make sure that during November, everybody had a turkey. During December, everybody's got a ham on the table. We've been distributing Badger Boxes across the state of Wisconsin to the tune of about 15,000 boxes going out on a monthly basis to 17 different hub communities who are then sort of moving those boxes across the state. So hopefully we're bringing everybody a joyful holiday this season. I'm sure you are. Tell me more about what a Badger Box is. Badger Box is an invention of the Hunger Task Force. We learned during the pandemic that a lot of the groups that we worked with across the state didn't have sort of the facilities or infrastructure to store large amounts of food and then build a box of food to give to somebody. So instead, we hired a company called Russ Davis Wholesale here in Wisconsin, and they aggregate those boxes, and they use 100% Wisconsin-produced foods, which is why we call it the Badger Box.
0: That's so cool. So we're helping Wisconsin residents with Wisconsin-produced food, which in turn helps Wisconsin farmers. It's a pretty full circle.
2: It is a beautiful circle. We're in particular working to emphasize the small and medium-sized farmer, dairy cooperative and food producer here in town. And so some of the little-known items that might be in the Badger box are fun things like Chieftain wild rice from Spooner or La Campagna granola from Mequon. What was in the latest Badger box that went out? Well, the holiday box for Christmas has got Penzi's hot chocolate, Newski's bacon, a dozen eggs from s a gallon of Kemp's milk, a pound of butter from Westby, a pound of cheese from Chalet Cheese, cooperative. We're giving a ham from the Wisconsin pork producers. And then there's some you know odds and ends like potatoes, onions, apples just to round out both the fruit and vegetable offerings. Um, So it's a pretty well-rounded box and people look forward to getting it because the food itself is so beautiful.
0: That does sound like a really wonderful box. Something that so many of the farmers here in our state can be proud of helping produce. It also really brings an element of dignity to the food that those in need receive. This isn't cast off food from the back of the pantry. It's good food.
2: Yeah. When we help um, people out that need emergency food, it's because their budget is really tight. They may have had other expenses that they didn't anticipate or had fewer work hours or being paid a very low wage. It could be a senior um, living on a modest social security pension. And so what we try to do is we try to deliver dignity. And that dignity is, is given when you give someone a box of really beautiful food. And so I always say the foods that we donate should be food. Foods that we would give to our best friend who's in trouble so tell me
0: how are you doing on funding for your badger box program and for the
2: other initiatives there at hunger task force well Governor Evers came through with an additional five million dollars and so we know that we're going to continue the badger box at least until May of 2023 and we're very hopeful that we can secure ongoing funding for that program from either the state or federal government we're working right now to organize voices around that and so if people are are interested in continuing a local food program like the Badger Box, they can obviously reach out to Hunger Task Force and get involved. We need voices from all over the state and not just a Milwaukee voice and so we would appreciate hearing from our rural
0: partners. You mentioned Milwaukee. Hunger Task Force mostly serves in the Milwaukee
2: area, correct? Well, when this whole pandemic thing began, Hunger Task Force was serving Milwaukee County, its food pantries, soup kitchens, and homeless shelters with our food Food bank. We also have a senior service program. So we go out to senior dining sites. And with that program, which is called Stockbox, we were in a number of surrounding counties. But as the pandemic hit, we were called on to demonstrate leadership and access both federal food and federal funds, um, but also create the logistics necessary to get that food out to some of our rural and remote communities across the state. And so I guess um, during the pandemic, Hunger Task Force took a big step up and became statewide. The
0: work you've done is unique enough that you have the blueprint for many other organizations to follow now.
2: I sure hope we do. I know we always say our tagline at least locally here is free and local, which means that Hunger Task Force has always done everything it does to serve the community and now the state free of charge. And by local what we mean is that we were established here in Milwaukee to serve people from Milwaukee and we encourage all of the free and local food banks and food pantries across the state to continue to serve their community in the way that they best know how.
0: There are many different organizations across the state working to feed people as you are. And of course, it's not a competition out there to see who's doing the best job. But the resources that you all rely on aren't infinite. It really is
2: critical. Um, I know that we have some shared values about treating people with compassion and dignity, about making sure there's equal access to food and serving people based on their diet. Their religion and their culture because all those things affect what we can or should eat. But I think local knows best.
0: Tell me a little bit more about the farm that you have
2: there as part of Hunger Task Force. Well, back in the early 2000s, there was a decision made to shutter a work farm that was part of our largest county correctional system. And it was 208 acres with um, outbuildings and orchards and ponds and a stream and a river. It's just a beautiful setting. And um, Hunger Task Force first was called upon to accept the food that was growing on the farm and redistribute it to our food pantry network but later we were told that the county needed us to run the farm and so hunger task force has been operating that farm now for more than 15 years and we grow about a half million pounds of produce basically the same stuff that you would grow in your garden but on acres and we moved that food from May until about November out into our food pantry network making sure that people have access to health and fresh produce. Who does the work on the farm? The farmers do the work on the farm <laughs> along with some great volunteers. I don't want to downplay volunteers because they make a huge difference both in um, transplanting, food harvesting and uh, even you know weeding the fields as necessary. But we employ about a half a dozen farmers that work at the farm and most of those are young people and most of them frankly are women so it's kind of a cool program. And that is near Franklin, is that right? Yeah we're in the city of Franklin on the the land that surrounds the Milwaukee County House of Correction.
0: About how many pounds of food do you grow on the 208 acres? This year we
2: outdid ourselves and grew 600,000 pounds of food. That's a lot of food. It's a lot of food. Apples it was a beautiful year for apples and we do have a half a dozen orchards there but we're also growing really common things like collards or corn, beans, peppers just all the stuff like I said that you would normally grow in your garden. We grow we put it on a truck, we clear it all up and we send it out to local food pantries so that people in need can have healthy food.
0: As we're going into the season where everyone is doing can drives and looking for donations for food pantries, tell me what
2: do you suggest people donate? Well, The Hunger Task Force adopted the USDA MyPlate strategy for healthy eating. So low sodium vegetables, fruit that's packed in its own juice. We don't want to see sugar or salt added to things. When they're thinking about children in particular, they can think about things like peanut butter or low sodium, low sugar snacks granola bars breakfast cereal is often in demand and rarely donated and then sometimes we ask people to donate infant formula and we heard a lot about that last spring we were able to help out a lot of people because we had infant formula on hand i had never thought about donating
0: cereal or baby formula
2: kids love their breakfast cereal and uh, it's great when it's uh, a low sugar item but it's got kind of expensive a box of cereal so people won't always think to donate that first
0: you guys have always been very clear on your vision at hunger task force but you You've recently adopted a new strategic plan that has some changes.
2: Hunger Task Force has recently adopted its new strategic plan, and our core values remain the same, as does our mission. We're here to feed people today and to end future hunger. Our core values are justice, compassion, dignity, and stewardship. And then we added a new core value, first time in 25 years, equity. And we feel very strongly that everyone should have equity, particularly in access to food. And so we appreciate it when people help us. Hunger Task Force or support our work throughout not just Milwaukee County, but the rest of the state. And I would like to give a shout out at the holidays to all those hardworking farmers and food producers who have been part of the Badger Box because it has just been a blessing to so many people and we appreciate your work.
0: Thanks so much for joining us. That was Sherry Tussler, the executive director of Hunger Task Force. If you'd like to find out more about their work or even make a donation, go ahead and check out their website, Hunger hungertaskforce.com org from the southern end of the longest barn in madison this is carrie mess
3: this is the midwest farm report with pam yonke in the field the right
4: partner can make all the difference one that's dependable straightforward and is there when you need them that's lg seeds from our hybrids and soybean varieties to our service and support. Reliability is in everything we do. Start this season right with LG Seeds. Talk to your local dealer or visit LGSEeds.com for more information.
5: Is your biggest fear of having dermal filler in the face looking overdone? You are not alone. A skincare minute with skincare expert Michelle Neeson. Dermal filler treatments at Rejuvenation Clinic of Sauk Prairie restore fullness and fill in wrinkles in areas of the face, such as the cheeks, under eyes, lips, and around the mouth. It's very difficult to look overdone with non-surgical dermal fillers due to the amount that's typically injected. Did you know that one syringe of filler equals one fifth of a teaspoon? One fast food ketchup packet is equivalent to eight syringes. As long as your treatment is performed by a skilled medical professional, you should have the natural-looking results you desire. Let your natural beauty shine through. Visit us at rejuvenationclinicofsalkprairie.com.
6: Because of you, someone gets to stay home in familiar surroundings. Because of you, there will always be a friendly smile. Because you, are the Bright Star in someone's life. Bright Star Home Care is looking for caregivers and nurses. Bright Star believes working one-on-one with clients in their homes means better care. It's the reason you got into healthcare in the first place. Be the Bright Star in someone's life. Work with Bright Star. Apply today at brightstarjobs.com
3: sure she'll stop farming when pigs fly. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Well, there
1: was a lot of snow flying yesterday. Shovels, snow snowblowers, uh, plows, everybody was trying to do the cleanup. Uh, I think for some areas of the Wisconsin, they didn't pick up nearly as much snow as they expected. Other areas, maybe a little bit more. Let's find out about it on a finally Friday morning. Time for our Compure Financial Ag Weather Update. Stu Mucker, Ag Meteorologist, along with us. Any interesting statistics or measurements that you picked up from yesterday's storm?
7: It's kind of neat, Pam. I was looking at the liquid equivalent of the snow we saw yesterday. You know, if it was all rain, a lot of places like Madison had about an inch and a quarter, inch and three-tenths. That was pretty common across southern Wisconsin, including Boston and Beaver Dam and even Fond du Lac. We had about an inch or so or eight-tenths of an inch in some cases. But you get to those big snow areas, Ashland had 15 and a half inches of snow up in Bayfield County. It really worked out to be about two inches of rain. Just not that much more moisture, but certainly a whole lot more snow in those areas. That's not something we have to deal with at this point. I guess that's much better news. Low pressure pushed up into Minnesota and far northwest Wisconsin through the nighttime. And this morning, we'll slowly try to push northeast from Wisconsin up over the UP and Lake Superior. We still have to talk about some snow. Snow showers around today. I don't expect big accumulations. For the most part, we're talking less than an inch, although La Crosse and maybe Mauston could see up to an inch or close to two. Generally, the further you head east and southeast, the less snow you're going to see. But that chance continues with that low just heading off to the north, circling around, keeping that mild moist air trying to build in and keeping some of that snow chance alive even on into the night time or into early Saturday. By that time the low pushes far enough northeast we see more west and even northwest winds and that brings in that cold air. Very cold air is going to be seeping south out of Canada with a very strong blocking high out in the northwest coast of the U.S. That cold air settles in. Our temperatures get colder Saturday, Sunday and Monday. In fact, I'm expecting we could see some Highs as we look toward Tuesday and Wednesday Nighttime lows below zero around here It's going to seem a lot more wintry As we start heading through next week, extended guidance, really the good news, well, not that good, indicating even on toward the end of the month, out toward the 29th or better, that we expect below normal temperatures to continue, not just here in Wisconsin, all through the Midwest, Minnesota, Iowa, Illinois, Michigan as well. That very cold air is settling in now and looks like it's going to stick around right on toward the end of the year. So the snow we've seen, if you still have a chance to move some around, get it done because it's going to kind of stay in place and not move much as that really cold air mass begins to settle in and lets us know that winter is probably settling in and going to be here to stay for the next few months i'll have our forecast details right after this
8: as a dairy farmer you depend on your milk receiver pump McFinn technologies of kenosha introduces the impressive bowpeller pump it's quieter, there's lower maintenance, as the seals last much longer than your old milk receiver pump. It offers a more powerful cleaning cycle with higher velocities, and it doesn't degrade the quality of your milk. Ask your dealer for the Bowpillar Milk Receiver Pump, patented by McFenn Technologies, an American company committed to providing a better product for the dairy industry. Rhodes warm and served rolls are exactly what your meal has been missing. Whether you prefer a soft white roll, an artisan French style roll, or the tang of sourdough, Rhodes has a roll for you. We mix, knead, and bake them in Columbus, Wisconsin. Then freeze them to keep them fresh and send them off to your favorite grocery store. All you have to do is heat the rolls up and serve them with a smile. Find Rhodes Rolls in the freezer section today. Alright, Pam, if you think
7: you're ready, let's talk about our Compere Financial Ag Weather Update, and that is for cloudy skies and snow showers today. Though the develop here as we head through the morning maybe last on into the afternoon or evening, oh up to an inch maybe in some areas in south central Wisconsin, less than an inch in the east, an inch or two at La Crosse or Boston. Now I'd expect temps only close to 30 today with the southwest winds at 5 to 15. Still cloudy skies, some light snow possible as we get into Friday night could even end late in the nighttime. Look for that low down to 22 southwest winds at 5 to 15. On Saturday, we still have to talk of mostly cloudy skies, maybe a slight chance of a little snow at least in the morning. I'd look for a daytime high at only about 25. Remember, our normal should be at freezing at around 32, so we are going to be cooler than normal, and the winds out of the west on Saturday will be around 5 to 15. A partly sunny day Sunday, like I said, getting cooler, down closer to 20 for the daytime highs, and those west winds will be around 5 to 10. Sunday night, I expect we drop down to single digits, and maybe just fall to a below zero nighttime low further north. Certainly, that's going to be a little more possible into next week. Like I mentioned before, Pan. we have to keep in mind this colder air mass is settling in. The extended forecast, seven to ten days, definitely telling us a below normal temperature pattern is in store but then even extend that out and as we head toward the end of the year the 29th or better a much colder than normal air mass is going to be in store so let's make the most of it here even though this weekend may not feel as nice certainly going to be cooler and kind of damp with all the new precipitation around we probably have to get ready because the cold spell is truly going to begin
1: all right, the official beginning of Long John weather in the state of Wisconsin. Thanks, Stu. Take care of yourself. We'll catch up with you on Monday. Stu Mucker, Ag Meteorologist, with all the weather details you're looking for on a Friday morning, brought to you courtesy of our friends at Compure Financial. Remember, whether it's building a home out in the country, whether it's expanding on the dairy barn, Compere Financial is there to have conversations about all of it. And don't forget, at this time of the year, they're also wonderful counsel when it comes to those end-of-the-year investments that you're all thinking about. Find out more, compere.com. We're pivoting and focusing in on the 2023 Farm Bill. A lot of new faces that are going to be discussing the Farm Bill in Washington, D.C. How can agriculture reach them? We'll talk a little bit about that. And we're also going to talk about our own challenges right here in Wisconsin when it comes to agriculture leadership at the state capitol. Visiting with Wisconsin Representative Travis Trennel on that. You stick around.
3: This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke.
7: White mold and sudden death syndrome are two of the most important fungal diseases in soybean production today, but did you know 40 to 50 million acres in the north central region are affected annually? When every season has different disease challenges, the question becomes, how can you ensure the best start for your soybeans no matter what? The answer is Heads Up. Trusted by growers across the Midwest, Heads Up offers a new mode of action to prime your beans to help fight fungal disease. Compatible and cost effective. For more information, visit HeadsUpST.com.
4: In the field, it's good to have a friend you can count on. One that's hardworking, trustworthy, and always shows up. Just like LG Seeds. Our corn hybrids and soybean varieties deliver consistent performance across all your acres, giving you reliable yield you can expect. Start this season right with LG Seeds. Talk to your local dealer or visit lgseeds.com for more information.
6: Matthew.
9: Experienced electricians come join our team. Here's Dan, a commercial journeyman for EverReady Electric.
7: Family company, they take care of people, they take care of their workers. There's a lot of benefits to working for EverReady, including the fact that when you work on your education, they do reimburse you for that time. They're very good about sick time and very good about family.
9: Competitive wages, great atmosphere, great benefits. Apply at EverReadyElectric.net. For all your electrical needs, we are EverReady.
6: Because of you, someone gets to go home instead of working a double. Because of you, call lights will be answered a little bit faster. Because you are the Bright Star in that facility. Bright Star Medical Staffing is looking for caregivers and nurses. Bright Star believes providing the highest quality temporary staff means better care. It's the reason you got into health care in the first place. Be the Bright Star in someone's life. Work with Bright Star. Apply today at brightstarjobs.com.
11: And then you got Romeo Dobbs coming back too, Rob, against the Rams. Yes, they do. Uh, like how how big of a get is that for the Packers? Finally, they have their full collection of of wide receivers going at it. I think it's the combo of it, Evo. Right, the emergence of Watson in the last month, eight touchdowns in four games. Um, we saw what Dobbs did the first half of the year before he got hurt in Detroit. Evo, I think they've been together on the field for like a grand total of like 60 plays this year. The, you know, the two of these guys and, and they should be, they should be uh, full board to go the last four weeks of the season. I mean, Watson's in the hunt all of a sudden now for, for rookie of the year, even though he was invisible the first eight, nine weeks, we, you know, we, we, his emergence has been just nothing sportive, uh, nothing short of uh, just spectacular Evo. And, and let, let's be honest i mean he, he, he's the deep guy that that can take the top off a of defense and 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 dubbs is a pretty darn good route runner already at a, at, at a young age um you know he's, he's had some struggles with his hands and you know, Rodgers was losing a little bit of confidence in him there. Um, you know, before he did get hurt, but but he flashed dramatically over the you know over the first handful of weeks and certainly through the summer. evil. I mean, I think that combo moving forward, that one two duo um, of 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 Watson and Dobbs is is, is going to be pretty damn good in in this league. It's going to allow them to let Alan Lazard walk and in free agency this off season and they won't give him, um, you know, the kind of money he's probably going to wind up getting somewhere else, you know, but, but the future is kind of here now for that wide receiver position, yeah. Evo, there, they're, they, you know, they're, they're going to, they're going to finish the, the year with, with those two young kids, uh, probably getting the the, the bulk and the majority of the targets, and, and Lazard obviously being the third guy in there, and and I think they'll mix you know Samari Touré in there as well a little bit. Sure. So no, it's a it's a huge get to get uh, to get Romeo back this week. I mean across the board, Evo, they're, they're, they're going to be as healthy, off, you know, obviously outside the left tackle um, as, as they've been in a, in a long long time. is Bakhtiari and, and I guess Rashawn Gary still on the, on the defensive side of the ball, but you know, Evo for whatever we're talking here today, December fifteenth, that that's a pretty darn and healthy roster. Definitely, Rob Reichel joining us right now, Forbes. dot com, Conley Media. Robbie, speaking of the future, uh wide receivers looking like they're you know pretty nice and set. Hopefully, knock on wood. What's up with Jordan Love? I'm sure you saw the report coming out, uh him talking to some people that he's going to re- request a trade. That if Rogers comes back next season, what do we what do we think about this whole situation? If there's got any legs to it or not? Oh, it's got. I mean, it's got legs. I mean, no, no one in that league. It's, you know, if you're, these are, you know, these are alpha males, Evo, these are bulldogs. They don't want to sit on a bench for four straight years. It makes no sense for Jordan Love. To, you know, if Rodgers does opt to come back, and I think he will come back. I think that's kind of why he started dropping hints the week of the Bears game about his future in Green Bay and and saying things like, well, the interest has to be mutual. It, it, it kind of put the ball back in Gutekunst's court. That, that when Kun's talked with the media last week, he had to kind of come back and then and then reinforce that they do want Rodgers back. And if that winds up being the case, I, I, I think they almost – absolutely have to trade Jordan Love uh, this this offseason now you know what'll be fascinating is are, are they able to showcase him or not right this, this last you know two to four weeks let's say if they if they somehow get upset on monday night against the rams you know i'd say they'll they'll lose in miami on christmas they'd be at least probably what a six to an eight point underdog mm-hmm. in in that game i would assume on christmas day down in down in miami you know if they lose one of those two games ebo then it's going to become the jordan love show i would certainly think and and you get an opportunity to showcase him you know against a bad detroit defense and a minnesota defense that's okay um and and and, and ebo if he has a couple of really really strong games and plays like he did against Philadelphia. I mean, I I really think they can get a tool for the guy uh, when when it's all, when it's all said and done. Absolutely. I mean, I, I I really do. There's, there's 10 teams out there desperate and dying for quarterbacks. And, you know, there's a couple of proven commodities or guys, I think, that are coming out in this draft that can probably step in and, and help immediately. But there aren't, there aren't 32 starting quarterbacks floating around the earth. And and I think Jordan love is a starting quarterback in the national football league. Evo. So if, you know, if, if he does close the year strong, his value obviously goes up. Um, if Rogers comes back, I don't want to say they owe it to him necessarily because he is under contract. Uh, I don't. I'm not going to say they owe it to him to trade him. Uh, but, but, but everybody in Jordan loves shoes, you, you you wouldn't want to sit at the radio station for four years and you know watch somebody else do a job you know you're qualified and, and ready to do I wouldn't want to do it in my profession you know no no nobody out there listening right now would want to do that in, in their in their place of employment so you know unless they're it, beta males Rob they're, these are alphas we're talking about here you and I included and good point good point we do live in a world where you know most businesses are shut an extra day or two a week now because nobody wants to work I guess people <laughs> that's a that's a whole other topic I won't even I won't even get into.
3: If she's not milking the cows, she's talking about them. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. There's
1: going to be a lot of talking about cows and pigs and cranberries and all kinds of Wisconsin agricultural products down at the state capitol. We've got a new calendar year coming up and a lot of new faces that are going to be down at the statehouse. And that goes for our representation in Washington, D.C. as well. Morning, everybody. Fabulous Farm Bay Pam Youngke. Glad that you're along with us on this, the 16th day of December. We're going to take a little closer look at what agriculture's responsibilities are going to be trying to help educate those folks about our needs and why they need to develop policy in support of that. Uh, Like I said, it's happening both on the state scene and on the national scene. We're visiting with Wisconsin Representative Travis Tranel, one of the last actual farmers that's serving down at the state house and how he sees the train unfolding. Stick around for that. And so, like I said, today is the 16th day of December. Let's see, back in 1707 the last eruption of Mount Fuji. Now, that is the highest volcano in Japan. It erupted for the last time, 1707. On this day in 1773, Boston Tea Party, yep, considered a really key point for the American Revolution. They were mad about a tax on their tea, so they dumped it in Boston Harbor. Started on this day back in 1773, On this day in 2010, last episode of Larry King Live. He was one of CNN's most watched hosts and uh, then went into a lot of infomercials. He was replaced by Pierce Morgan on his Tonight Show. Last episode of Larry King Live back in 2010. And on this day in 1950, child star Shirley Temple announced she was retiring from films. Guess how old she was? 22. And now you know, wow, retiring at 22. Uh, Let's uh, pivot now and focus in on some of the topics of the day, which include the leadership in Washington, D.C. as we get ready for a 2023 Farm Bill. Congress still working to wrap up some priorities. A lot of people wondering what the 2023 Farm Bill is going to look like and how that conversation is going to get started. Mary Kay Thatcher is a former policy analyst for the American Farm Bureau Federation. Now she's senior manager of federal government and industry relations for Syngenta. She says the Farm Bill will be one of the year's big Egg items. The
2: biggest issue in the Farm Bill, in my mind, is the budget. You know, if the 18, 19 billion dollars that we got, largely through the efforts of Senator Stabenow, Chairman of the Ag Committee on the Senate side, for conservation programs for climate change, does that exist in the budget so that it's in the baseline, the amount of money we have to spend in writing the next Farm Bill?
1: That's Mary Kay Thatcher at our National Association of Farm Broadcasters Convention. She's senior manager of federal government and industry relations in Syngenta, saying that really the baseline budget is where it all begins. And where do we go from there? She says one area that agriculture is going to be working on regardless of the farm bill is the Farm Workforce Modernization Act. And she says she is
2: trying to be optimistic
1: But support is thinning.
2: I know that there's a lot of people out there working really diligently right now to change the ag immigration law and feeling like if they don't get it done in the lame duck, it isn't going to happen for two years. And I suspect that's exactly what happens.
1: Yeah, like I said, Mary Kay Thatcher trying to hold out hope for the Farm Workforce Modernization Act. Just one of the guests at the National Farm Broadcasters Convention last month in Kansas City. She is the senior manager of federal government and industry relations with Syngenta.
4: Rural Mutual Insurance, keeping Wisconsin strong.
3: If you're interested in a rewarding career with a strong Wisconsin company, Rural Mutual Insurance is looking to add to their growing team of successful employees and agents. Apply online today at ruralmutual.com careers. Rural Mutual Insurance,
4: keeping Wisconsin strong.
8: Rhodes warm and served rolls are exactly what your meal has been missing. Whether you prefer a soft white roll, an artisan french style roll, or the tang of sourdough, Rhodes has the roll for you. We mix, knead, and bake them in Columbus, Wisconsin. Then freeze them to keep them fresh and send them off to your favorite grocery store. All you have to do is heat the rolls up and serve them with a smile. Find Rhodes rolls in the freezer section today.
1: Yesterday, Speaker Robin Voss announced that he has appointed Travis Tranel, State Representative from Cuba City, to serve as the chair of the Assembly Agriculture Committee for the 2023 2024 legislative session. Uh, he's a sixth generation dairy farmer from Cuba City, so he knows Wisconsin agriculture. He's been involved in the Assembly Agriculture Committee for six terms and was vice chairman during the 2011 2012 session. Uh, part of the reason why I'm happy to bring this news to you is Representative Travis Traddle is our next guest going to share with us what he sees as some of the challenges coming up in 2023 and also explains why he keeps coming back, why he, with all the things he's got going on his, in his life, he and his wife have uh, five kids He has plenty to do farming, but he still believes that uh, somebody needs to be at the state capitol making sure farmers' voices are heard. State Representative Travis Tranel from Cuba City to be the chair of the Assembly Committee on Agriculture for the 23-24 legislative session. All right, he's coming up in a moment. First, let's get to those markets. From yesterday in Chicago, barrel cheese dropped five and a quarter cents on Thursday to one seventy-seven and a quarter. Forty-pound black cheese dropped two to two oh nine and a quarter. Double-A butter on Thursday up a penny at two eighty and three quarters per pound. Now, as far as the grain trade was concerned, March corn gained three cents, six fifty-three. December new crop was up two at five ninety-eight. January beans dropped nine to fourteen seventy-three. November beans were down a nickel at thirteen eighty-eight. March wheat eight cents higher at 7.57. July new crop wheat up six and a half at 7.70. January milk was up 12 cents, closed at 19.64. February milk up nine at 19.27 a weight. Like I said, coming up next, we are going to visit with the new chair of Wisconsin's Assembly Agriculture Committee, Travis Tranel from Cuba City. Our next guest. This
3: is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngkey.
4: In the field, the right partner can make all the difference. One that's dependable, straightforward, and is there when you need them. That's LG Seeds. From our hybrids and soybean varieties to our service and support, reliability is in everything we do. Start this season right with LG Seeds. Talk to your local dealer or visit lgseeds.com for more information.
9: Experienced electricians, come join our family-owned team. Here's Ariel at Ever Ready. We are his sponsor for the apprenticeship program.
0: I like the small company feel that family feel. If you have a problem, you can directly go to the owners firsthand. It speaks a lot about their values and how they value their employees.
9: Competitive wages, great atmosphere, great benefits. Apply at everreadyelectric.net for all your electrical needs. We are Ever Ready.
7: You know who tells a great story? Our Tom's Auto Center customers, like Blake, who recently gave us a five-star review. It reads, "I appreciated the emailed estimate and text message communication about the repairs." Thanks, Blake. Schedule your appointment. Tom'sAutoCenter.com. We'll make sure you get five-star service.
3: Tom's Auto Center. We're the getter, and get done to get you going, guys.
4: Off Highway 51 in McFarland, a stone's throw from McDonald's.
6: Because of you, someone gets to go home instead of working a double. Because of you, call lights will be answered a little bit faster. Because you are the Bright Star in that facility. Bright Star Medical Staffing is looking for caregivers and nurses. Bright Star believes providing the highest quality temporary staff means better care. It's the reason you got into health care in the first place. Be the Bright Star in someone's life. Work with Bright Star. Apply today at brightstarjobs.com.
3: Here, we use a lot of F-words, food, fiber, and farming. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke.
1: It's not necessarily a lively conversation happening right now, agriculture policy down at the state capitol, but it uh, can change at any time. We're catching up with Representative Travis Trannel, uh one of the few voices of Wisconsin agriculture that's down at the state capitol. And, uh, Travis, you know, it's that end-of-the-year kind of wrap-up thing. If you take a look back at 2022 and everything that was kind of undertaken down at the state capitol, is there anything that you kind of remind, not only your constituents, but anybody involved in Wisconsin agriculture, agribusiness, anything that you note was uh, particularly good for their industries, things that they should pay attention to?
10: Well, I mean, just like any other industry, the last couple of years have obviously been tough on all of us. So I think as producers and farmers, we're thankfully to be on the other side of those years. Uh, in terms of state government, though, uh, we invested quite heavily in the dairy hub, the innovation hub, as you might remember, and they are really starting to get their feet underneath them. And we're hoping to see some good results come out of that. We're almost into that project now to the tune of $24 million. So uh, as we were struggling to get through the last couple of years in the pandemic, uh, there was still work being done behind the scenes to make sure that Wisconsin remains on the forefront when it comes to agriculture and especially agricultural research. So I would say, uh, yeah, there were a lot of good things uh, being done at the state level to To not only advance our industry but also protect it.
1: A lot of grant monies that also continued to go out to different watershed groups, uh, Wisconsin Department of Ag Trade and Consumer Protection, acting as coordinator for some more meat processing investments. You know, uh, when it comes to the diversity of topics. And subjects in agriculture in Wisconsin, we've got a bunch. And, you know, one thing you touched on, Travis, that $24 million investment from the state for the Dairy Innovation Hub, one item that sometimes is forgotten is the reinvigoration of the brain trust here in Wisconsin agriculture. That's something the Dairy Innovation Hub has taken very seriously.
10: Yeah, and it's been kind of neat to see all those groups get together under one umbrella and just start to put their heads together. And even you brought up the producer-led watershed groups, those groups are so important in doing such fantastic work throughout our state because, uh, as you know, in addition to being in the legislature, I'm actually a farmer myself, and nothing drives farmers more upset than when it's the state or the federal government telling us how to run our farms. But because farmers have taken such a interest in these watershed groups and truly are participating and trying to find best practices for their areas, their regions. Uh, That's really given us the ability as legislators to turn to some of these enforcement agencies and say, hey, just uh, give these guys a little bit of time to figure this stuff out. Because as we all know, there's nobody more interested in protecting the environment, protecting the soil than farmers. And uh, we just want to make sure that it's us as farmers, coming up with these solutions and these ideas, not people that sit behind a desk and think that they have uh, the next great idea.
1: Yeah, State Representative Travis Trannel along with us. You know, the other thing that people are going to notice, end of the calendar year, Travis, you know, everybody sees it across their desk. Property taxes come in depending on where you live. It might shock you. It may not surprise you. Uh, Wisconsin agriculture still uh, very much happy with the use value assessment that we've got in this state, but you also want a little bit of oversight, pay a little bit of attention into some of, what shall we say, our absentee owners, our investor owners out there?
10: Sure. Uh, that's been an interest of mine for a few sessions now, and I think anybody that's still farming in Wisconsin in 2022 is probably pretty interested in it as well, Uh I am and always will be a big supporter of use value, Uh, but I do think we need to make sure that in the next uh, several decades to come that it's actually Wisconsin farmers and producers that can afford to own Wisconsin farmland. And so we've been starting to look uh, for ways in our office that we can make sure that it remains attractive for producers and for farmers uh, to be able to own farmland and, frankly, that hopefully it's still affordable, Uh, in a generation from now, because the trend that we're currently on is obviously uh, quite concerning.
1: Yeah, number one issue of young farmers, can't afford the land. You know, one thing that we do want to remind people, there's been all kinds of news out, Bill Gates, biggest farmland owner, blah, blah, blah. Uh, Wisconsin has tried to uh, limit some of that kind of investment, right, Travis?
10: Yeah, in Wisconsin, currently, it's illegal for uh, foreign uh, nationals to own more than 600 acres of farmland. Uh, I wouldn't mind seeing that number go down to zero myself, uh, but when it comes to uh, individuals investing in Wisconsin farmland, there's really not anything on the books, and from our research, it'd be quite difficult to put anything on the books, mm-hmm. but there are ways, creative ways, that we could maybe make it more conducive for farmers and producers to own farmland. Another thing that we looked at, and we were able to actually pass in the seventeen eighteen 18 session, uh, currently... Wisconsin farmers uh, pay uh, the full evaluation on all of their buildings, all of their grain setups, all of their handling uh, properties. So there might be an opportunity to maybe to extend use value to those facilities as well. And that would make a lot of sense to me because chances are the people that own the infrastructure, probably are Wisconsin residents and probably are actually involved in running operations. And to me, it would make more sense to give them uh, the tax benefit as opposed to somebody who lives in California and just wants to take advantage of owning Wisconsin farmland.
1: Yeah, right. You talk about infrastructure, Travis. That's another thing that seems to be on uh, the backs of a lot of Wisconsin farmers and landowners is what's going on with our roads, what's going on with our bridges. You think there may still be a good case to secure more monies to try to improve our infrastructure in Wisconsin?
10: Well, we're certainly trying, and I'm hoping we can get some support from all of the Wisconsin ag groups at the Capitol. But right now, as your listeners might be aware, we do currently have about a $6.5 billion surplus. Mm -hmm. And I really think this would be an opportunity for us as legislators that represent rural areas to hopefully drive a significant portion of that money into specifically town roads. Uh, As you well are aware, Wisconsin has mostly chip-sealed town roads. Uh, We did that in the mid-1900s because we had so many uh, farms that were milking cows, dairy farms located out on these town roads, and we wanted to make sure the milk shrucks could get in and get out and get that milk to the processor. And frankly, we really haven't upgraded our town roads since then. And town governments obviously operate under levy limits as they should. Nobody wants to pay higher property taxes. But I think since uh, agriculture in Wisconsin represents over a $100 billion industry, it's only fair that we invest in that infrastructure. The equipment gotten a lot bigger since the 1950s. Farmers are farming a lot more acres since the 1950s. And that's just the reality of the environment that they operate in. But they shouldn't be be doing more damage to their equipment when they're traveling down a town road than when they're actually using it in their field. And in some cases, they are. So I would hope that we would take advantage of this opportunity of having a surplus and drive that conversation to actually investing in some town road infrastructure.
1: State Representative Travis Trattle along with us. Like he said, one of the only remaining farmers that is active in policy work at the state capitol. That brings me to kind of my final question here, Travis. Why are you still there? I mean, honestly, for as outstanding a producer as you are and as many irons in the fire as you've got, there's a lot of people that have gone before you representing agriculture. They get into the state house, they see how the process works or maybe doesn't work, either become frustrated or uh, just tired of it. Why do you still keep coming back?
10: Oh, that's a great question. And the honest answer is because somebody has to do this work, and I feel like I'm in a good position amazingly even though there are only a handful of us that are that have any ag background whatsoever in the legislature, our colleagues really do uh, take our opinions and our positions very seriously. Even though less than 2% of the population is actually farming, we have a very big influence when it comes to how policy is shaped within the Capitol. And because of that, I want to make sure I'm sitting at the table uh, representing not only my constituents, but uh, farmers throughout the state, And I've started to use a line, you know, it it might be only 2% or less of us that are actually farming, but 100% of us are eating every single day. And I think we need to remind people whether you live in Waukesha or Green Bay, or you live on a farm in Grant County, agriculture affects your life every single day. It's just some of us are more aware of it than not. And so, I really enjoy and appreciate the opportunity I have uh, to be a producer and to be in the legislature. I have fantastic support at home, both uh, within my family structure and on the farm. And that enables me to honestly give 100% to both of my uh, chosen professions. And I'm just blessed to be able to do that. And thankfully uh, the people in my district, the constituents that I'm fortunate enough to represent, uh, they just reelected me with about 63% of the vote, which is the best I've ever gotten. So apparently uh, I look at uh, elections as job reviews, and apparently they think it's worth uh, sending me back, which I'm very willing to do.
1: One of the last remaining producers serving at the state capitol, that's state representative Travis Tranel from southwest Wisconsin. He's encouraging all farm organizations, all commodity associations, any industry that is connected to agriculture, To make sure you're staying involved in the constant conversations evolving down at this.